Well, hello there, and welcome back to Gene and Roger Talk Movies. No Gene this week, because for reasons I don't understand, he's on like some 800-mile bicycle ride through the Oregon coast. But the benefit of him doing that is we can do a movie that he didn't want to do anyway. So I've got Tyken here with me, and then, of course, Bella is back with us after a... You've missed quite a few episodes. It's been mm-hmm. a while since we've had you on. But we're talking about Evil Dead Rise, which just came out uh, to theaters, I think, April 15th of this year, 2023. It's available on streaming now. Um, let's jump right in. Tyken, what are your initial thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? I never watched an Evil Dead movie before. Oh, my just, gosh. Just the uh, the disclaimer here. Well, This let, is uh, literally I, my first Evil I, Dead movie. I don't know if you can be on this podcast. I don't think I deserve <laughs> to be on this podcast. Um if it wasn't for that spiritual journey Gene is making right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably even wouldn't be here uh-huh. and probably would have not even watched Evil Dead Rise. Uh, it, so basically Evil Dead was always on my list of movies to watch. It just never happened. But, um, you know, I wasn't really aware of what, I'm go- what I was getting into. <laughs> I knew it was going to be gory. I know there's a guy named Ash that likes Chainsaw, which is mm. not in this movie. Right. A couple of Easter eggs, though, at the end. Uh, well, and um, throughout the film, there's Easter eggs if you've seen the other movies. Callbacks, anyway. Right. So I got a very good uh, understanding what this movie is going to be about once a scalping happened. Uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I, I got to give kudos to that that character being able to stay conscious after a scalping like that (laughs) to walk all the way to (laughs) the pier. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm losing, I lost half of my hair and my head, but uh, that's, there's something going on. You should watch out for that. I think that the very beginning really kind of set the tone of what the movie's going to be. And uh, after that, I feel like it kind of lost its marks in a lot of way. Okay. Well, Bella, where are you at with this movie? Uh, I thought it was all right. I watched the first Evil Dead um, remake in the 2013 mm-hmm. one. I thought it was, I had pretty high expectations for it since watching that one. Um, I gotta say it let me down just a little bit. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't ever want to let Bella down at all. Never. <laughs> but one of the things that I'm really excited about having you on the show is this movie seemed to me to be very much focused on like a... a, a uh, matriarchal family unit right Mm -hmm. and I found it interesting how the mother who is set up to she really cares about her three children Mm -hmm. right and then her sister comes by and there's some tension there between the mother and her sister but what did you do you have any insight as to how were you feeling about that casting choice or the story choice where it's really this matriarchal family unit going on and kind of some of the troubles they're facing? Obviously, the building they're in is condemned and going to be torn down. Mm-hmm. So there's some struggle as can we even find a new place to live? But then the demons possess that mother right away. Mm-hmm. What were you, Where were you at with that? Well... I don't know. So I have this thing that it's like if any of my family gets possessed or turns into a zombie, I would just totally let them kill me because (laughs) there is no way I could kill them or watch them, you know, be in that sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I thought it was cool. Yeah, I really thought for an Evil Dead movie, I thought this was really... Uh, a unique way to do this with the the mother being the primary character and then the primary 
um, possessed person at the beginning. But Tyken, the thing that really, I'm not going to say bothers me about this movie, but the the risk these directors and producers took, because there's a little girl in this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. Velet, any idea how old this girl is? Six, seven? Yeah, I would I'll say, say about seven. seven. Little tiny girl. And, you know, horror movies, right? It's all about putting people in peril. And there's plenty of examples of young little children getting, you know, poltergeist. She's in peril. But it's never this extreme. There's two sequences in particular where that girl is, she's got a possessed, well, her possessed mother's hand around her neck trying to rip her through an open door. And then a really extreme sequence at the end when that now mutated into something else mother is holding that chainsaw up to her neck saying, I just want your head. How are you feeling about, I I felt like, wow, you guys are right on the edge of just like, this is breaking the, breaking the rules. Well, they already broke the rules. So there was a little boy. I can't find his name over here, but he got his arms ripped off Mm -hmm. and he was about 10. So, Uh, and my thought is, wow, they're they're really going at this right now. They're going to kill the children. What a bold and new brave horizon they have. But I think upon. I think with the male character, and, and he's the only real male character, or he is the male character in the family, and he's a young boy. The so there's like an older daughter, and yeah, then but that's him, not gonna... and then the the younger daughter. But I think um, it was interesting that the only the the reason this whole thing started. Well, because of the boy, the boy, right? And the the women, and even the older daughter had said to him, "Don't do it." Yeah, you shouldn't be messing with this book. Mm -hmm. Um, But he did it anyway, and then so when he's getting massacred, well, I expected that to happen. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding the movie as responsible because no, he's the cause of the whole thing. So we know you're going to have trouble. But this little tiny girl, who even has dialogue in there where she's talking to. The sister, who is now trying to save everybody, um, yeah, thanks for lying to me. Uh, you, you'll be, <laughs> be a good, good mother. Yeah, you'll, you'll be a good mom because you you, you lie really well. Because the mom, you know, she had said, "Are you going to save us?" And like, oh, of course I will. And blah blah blah. I mean, where were you at with that? With that, what I am calling over the top extreme torment of a small child. No, I'm right there with you the whole time. I was thinking like, if she was my little sister, I'd have her in the bathroom, like cover ears, cover eyes, and just let the older people deal with it because... A.K.A. die. I mean, if she does make it through, she's going to be severely traumatized. She doesn't have to be there. Like, when she opened the door, I'm like, why are you left unsupervised, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and they're... You know, you're left unsupervised because we need that in the storyline, right, to have the I, little girl. But I think there's really something that comes down to shock, too, which there is reality. Is Look, I mean, we could talk about, I wouldn't do this or that. But when you're in that kind of situation, there is that shock factor that, you know, I feel like that's very realistic at that situation. I know that if I was probably in that situation, I would be I wouldn't be thinking straight either if a demon was trying to barge down my door. Right. The movie does a pretty good job of, because they're they're kind of, they're on the 14th floor of this apartment, the top floor of this apartment complex, and they make a point to point out that, oh, the stairwell has collapsed, and the elevator's no broken. How this? And, right, that's the other thing, because they're, and they, but they even set it up where really the only people left in that apartment complex are the, the two neighbor people 
And then obviously there's one other neighbor that somehow didn't hear any of this stuff because she's the well, one she's that, on the lower floors. Yeah, but it, it's it's they do a pretty good job because really the first thought would be well just leave the house, leave the building, but you can't. They broke you know the stairs are broken, the elevator doesn't work. There's, all this stuff. There's a lot of things in this movie where I really had to test my suspension and disbelief. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. There's I'm a big person when it comes to kind of power scaling mm-hmm. monsters. And there's a lot about it that I don't. So when the mom is trying to get back into the apartment, she obviously has supernatural strength and is able to easily rip off arms and gorge out eyeballs, whatever, right? But you can't tell me that she can't open a door by force. There's no way she doesn't have enough strength to do that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking too. It's like there's a huge part. It's like no, there's there's no way. This is just a this is plot armor at this point. <laughs> well, I was looking at it more as part of the because they're called deadites, right? I mean, Bella, you know that from the original Dawn of the, or uh, Evil Dead. But they're called deadites, and I think part of their game is just the escalation of terror and fear. Oh, so it's on right? purpose. And so it is because. She knew, the mother knew when she was on the outside of the door and is just banging her head on the door, that she had already infected that older daughter. And the older daughter was in there and was going to change. And so it wasn't so much about getting in there. It's about ratcheting up that fear and almost like feeding off of that fear on some level. Okay, that's very smart. You know, I give them a pass on that. I mean, your interpretation of it may be absolutely correct but my experience with the evil dead movies is they are really about yeah i want to torment you and okay so that makes i can give that a pass now Mm -hmm. if that's the fact is that she is just waiting for sister to turn Mm -hmm. which i gotta say out of all of them i think sister got the worst of it all (laughs) i gotta be frank you know danny was the one that brought this hell upon everyone i think he actually got off easy yeah. In comparison to everyone else. I mean, I guess you can say, well, he he had to experience the guilt of turning everyone into horrendous monsters, which is true. There is that mental torment. But are we talking about the physical torment side? He got off the easiest. Yeah, he he does get a blade jammed through his arm a couple of times, which was pretty brutal. Sure. I mean, it's and brutal, but Sister they, was like... Bleh! Well, <laughs> I know. And then they do that whole sequence with the she's vomiting blood all over his face Mm -hmm. which is a direct callback to evil dead uh the originals uh i think it's evil dead 2 actually where that was going on or maybe the first one where bruce campbell's character was just getting drenched in blood do you remember that Mm -mm. and so well okay sorry bella (laughs) but but yeah and so there was callbacks like that to the original evil dead and evil dead 2 and army of darkness when she's holding the shotgun up at the mutant creation at the end, and she's like, come get some. That's from Army of Darkness. <laughs> and uh, the camera movement at the beginning when it's moving up towards the dock, that's from Evil Dead. Okay. And uh, just the Dead by Dawn line that they kept s- stating there, that's from Evil Dead too as well. So I did appreciate a lot of the callbacks uh, to the other films, but I still go back to... Bella, what did you think about 
when the older sister grabbed the cheese grater oh. and ripped it down the the other sister's leg. Yes. That's not mozzarella. That was like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. I saw the cheese grater and I'm like, oh my god, I hope that she uses it. <laughs> Wait, is that is that a callback from another movie? No, that's just the spirit of Evil Dead, where we're gonna do something really nasty, mm. like run this cheese grater along your exposed calf. Yeah. The Italians are crying right oh now. Oh my god, it was great. I mean, horrifying, right? It's a horror movie but great if you're a horror film fan because yeah that was some serious uh pain being inflicted right there and Mm -hmm. it was interesting how that sister had to go through so much torment in order to come out on the other side right she gets stabbed by a piece of glass through her hand does she she still have like the glass stab wound well yeah throughout the movie yeah because she like i didn't even oh she did wrap it up Mm -hmm. with like okay so they are or something and that's true and that's you know like in the original evil dead uh bruce campbell's character gets his hand cut off and so he ends up wrapping it up and putting a chainsaw on that that stump (laughs) and stuff and so it was kind of callbacks a little bit to that um and i just thought this movie you know, when I'm talking, R-rated movies, right? Okay, I expect a certain level of stuff. This one I'm actually surprised escaped with an R rating. That's true. Because it's pretty brutal. And just the torment done to that little girl, I appreciate the ratings board for just going, oh, we'll just give it an R. But I think in 1980, this would have been, no, no, no one. It would have been a TVMA. It would have been a TVA. NC, NC-17 for sure. Or right. you're going to make substantial cuts. No, I, I honestly, I thought the prosthetic and the, the practical effects are really well done. You know, when it, especially when it comes to the transformation of the mutant monster. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. Especially when they're following what the book tells you. It's, right. gonna, it's like if you pay attention to what the book drawings are happening, you kind of see what's going to happen next. It kind of shows you like the the next yeah, the sequence of events. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely a very hard push for the rated R. I, I could see, because if it was TVMA, right, <laughs> it would have not gone to theaters. That's just a fact. And, uh, you know, the... We obviously can tell that they're not going to hold any punches. And I no. go back to when the little boy's arms got ripped off. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're killing children. Mm. Well, here we are. Let's go, guys. Well, I mean, there's some movies out there that that's kind of their point is to kill children. Have Have you ever seen the movie The Children? Mm-hmm. I've seen The Children before. Right? that The one where they have to, the only way to stop the children it's is by to, cut killing. Their hands, yeah. to cut their hands off. It's just so ridiculous. but So we've seen movies where children are killed. This is the first one where they put that little girl through so much torment. But she wasn't, she actually didn't get any, so she had a lot of psychological and mental right. torment. But as far as in the grand scheme of things, it was everyone that got diced in bits. She did not get diced in bits. She almost got diced in bits. Mm-hmm. And she, I got to say, it was really cool that when she had a chainsaw to her head, she actually prepared herself to get killed. If if you know, she kind of closed her eyes and didn't even make a sound because she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. She was fully expecting to be done. It was just, well, just, just I, do it. I think the one part where the little girl, because the possessed mother has already had her arm cut off, her leg cut off, she's trying to create this super monster, right? Because the whole point is she's going to, 
get the older sister who's now already been possessed and then the brother who's already possessed and they're going to form like this Power Rangers kind of monster. <laughs> this is what the Megazord is yeah, about. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then the she's trying to convince the little girl to come over and the little girl says, you know what, you're not my mother anymore. And so there was like, okay, maybe she is going to come through this trauma. No, I don't know. There's no coming through this. What are you thinking, Bella? Yeah, I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. I, it makes me wonder that like, did they not like try to kill her on purpose or like they did try to kill her, but like her hands didn't get cut off. Her legs didn't get cut off. Like, was that on purpose? Are we talking about the mom? No, the little girl. Like, why didn't she get cut off? Mm Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have the chance to cut off her, her head. All right, so are we asking where she would be a part of that mutant monster body? No, just like in general, like why, like she, you're saying psychologically, she's psychologically damaged. Oh yeah, forever. But not physically damaged. You right. think that was done on purpose? I think that if, okay, if I were the director and I thought to myself, yeah, let's cut off this little girl's hand. I mean, there would be, I, I would can guarantee you that critics would probably not like that. I think they would actually be really upset about it. I think you would be getting into NC-17 territory. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm really saying the amount of torment they put this small child through is different than what you normally would see. Absolutely. And I think actually killing the child, that's a huge risk to take. Too um, big. And I think I think it is. It's too I big. I really do for this particular movie where it was at in that, that point, right, where – they're coming down to create this super monster and the little girl's still there man had they somehow gotten her and even after that sequence when she says you're not my mother anymore well you still have the whole i'm holding a roaring chainsaw up to your neck (laughs) um scene and it just it was surprising to me that the directors would go in that fashion but who are the producers sam raimi Mm -hmm. robert tappert and bruce campbell so they're used to this kind of stuff, and it was like, well, maybe we just want to push it a little bit more to the edge. But I really think they're, wow, you're really close to being in, like, bad taste, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, shouldn't have done that. But uh, I, at the end of the day, I really did enjoy this movie. I watched it twice, um, and I think it moves right along. It's only 97 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it starts with that opening that Tyken was talking about that has nothing else to do with the rest of the movie, really, except to be a bookend with what's going on. That was surprising to me. And then it jumps into the issue with the, the mom. It spends just enough time to where you understand that this is a loving family. There's a great scene where they're kind of messing around with the little girl and and uh, tickling her or whatever because she was doing whatever she was doing to get them riled up and all this and so you, you buy into that, that this is a good family unit. And then, well, there's a little earthquake. By the way, we found the Book of the Dead. Let's open I'm it. I'm so and, mad and at Dan. I really am. <laughs> you know, the problem with this is that for Dan to do this, even if it was teenage curiosity, right, you have to be really stupid. I mean, look, you, you go to a bank vault, you raid the bank vault. There's a leather book that literally looks like there's veins popping out of it with teeth and records from a priest from 1920. I mean, I'm sorry. He kind of got what he deserved. Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, when I saw him pick up the book and even go down into the hole, I was thinking, like, he does not watch enough scary movies he does to not know watch better scary movie. than to not go down there at night alone 
in the dark after an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Do you not watch the thing, bro? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, the thing I liked about the book, though, is when I saw the book and how it's designed and the way it's held closed, I thought of a Venus flytrap. That's actually really true. Yeah. That's a very good observation. Because it didn't open because he gets cut on it and he drips a little blood on that. And that the Venus flytrap looking thing opens up and says, oh, yeah, come on in. Check out my book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I, when all hell breaks loose. I think of all the characters, I actively dislike Dan the most. <laughs> I actively do. He is just... I mean, he may be hipster with his records, and not that I can really say anything anymore, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, the sister was right. This is, looks like a very bad book. Don't, don't open it. Oh, I'm just going to go open it. Took a little peek. Oh, well, the hell's literally in this book. This mm. is going to be terrible. Yeah, and they don't refer to it as the Necronomicon in this movie, unlike other evil dead movies um they do call it the book of the dead which is also used in other evil dead movies so i thought that was interesting that they didn't actually use the necronomicon title um but bella uh were you scared at all or was this more of a just it's just gross (laughs) i did think he was gross i didn't think he was that scary but you know when at night in the dark i'm like thinking of that girl's face the monster the mom when she was in that um peephole mm-hmm. and how she was just smiling and like staring that's like one of my worst fears ever <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh i'm totally like looking behind my back making sure that do you have a peephole in your door at your no. house okay. Heck no. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about it <laughs> oh thank goodness Tyken, were you at all scared, or is this more of just a gross movie than a scary movie? I don't think it's that scary a movie. Yeah. I was honestly, I was expecting to be scarier, and maybe that's why I was a little bit let down because it's not. Uh, again, I think the gore is really well done. Mm-hmm. I think it's very tasteful. Yeah, but I, th- I think for a horror movie, yeah. a gore movie, um, it's definitely a good one. Tyken, would you recommend? Our viewer, our listeners, I want to say viewers, but there are listeners to uh, maybe check this one out. Oh, okay. So this is hard. So I would say if I was an avid fan of Evil Dead and I had all this knowledge of the background of the lore and seeing all these callbacks, I would say, yeah, this is actually a really good Evil Dead movie. You should go watch it. But because I'm more in the cast of a general audience, um, I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. I would have probably not spent my mind to watch it that and, well, Megan wouldn't want to watch it either. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, since it's free and it's on max, then if you have a time to kill, why not? I feel like if it had more time to, and I guess this is kind of a scary moving send to make it longer than 90 minutes, but when it came to like the matriarchy and motherhood, I feel like there was a lot of themes that they tried to tap into and explore, but they just didn't have enough time to cook it in the oven. And because of that, I didn't care as much as I could have. And that's where I feel like it really falls flat. Because if you're going to make it all about this relationship between the mom, the kids, and uh, sisterhood, you really need to build up some more time for me to like these characters. And especially since I actively dislike one of the characters, it... It doesn't add points to my my scale. Bella, what is your final recommendation on this movie? I would recommend it. I'd say I would rather go see it in theaters rather than my house. Um, <laughs> no I think peoples. It, yeah. Um, it's louder. It's dark. I don't know. Just the setting, I think, would be better than 
you know, my bright, quiet house. <laughs> right, yeah. And as somebody who's seen all the Evil Dead movies and all that stuff, I did think this is a good uh, companion piece to those movies. It was interesting, Tyken, to hear your viewpoint as somebody who has not seen the original series at all. Um, it's well taken, for sure. I mean, Evil Dead is a kind of a unique uh, experience and uh, <laughs> they're gonna pile on the gore and sometimes the comedy the dark comedy there's a sequence in this one of course which is a callback to Evil Dead 2 where the mom bites a guy's eyeball out and then spits oh, it out oh that was good and of course mm-hmm. it that goes really into good. someone else's mouth so you have weird stuff like that that happens as well along with copious amounts of gru and blood and all this craziness so Definitely would recommend checking it out. It's, uh, my opinion, a lot of fun. It moves fast. Uh, Tyken's issues with not developing the characters well enough. Ah, you it's know, pacing. It's a horror movie. Come on, get to it. Let's, <laughs> let's make it happen, right? Um, and so definitely check it out. Uh, Bella, thank you so much for coming on. Tyken, again, always nice to have you on as well. And I really appreciate when Gene goes away because we can do movies that he doesn't want to do. Have this fun on was, your spiritual journey, <laughs> This Gene. was another one. Um, Next week, however, we are doing David Cronenberg's Videodrome for our 50th episode. And we're having uh, director Scott Eggleston back because he wants to talk about that with us. So check us out for that, and we'll see you the next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.